0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Spill It. Um, First off, I want to say that I have a deep respect for podcasters now because editing my podcast the first time was so frustrating and so difficult. I'm pretty sure I deleted most of my recordings and had to redo them um so my appreciation for the platform has grown immensely um and also that i am going to be much more cautious doing my editing this time around and second of all i'd like to apologize i know that this is supposed to be a monthly thing, but last month I did not do well. I only read two books and I really didn't think it was worth recording one episode for only two books. It didn't feel like a worthwhile thing for both anyone who listens to this and myself. Um, But I am back for a combo of both november and december books and it's quite a few not um a really shocking number i'm still reading one of the books so i will see how much this total becomes um once i've done editing it so yeah let's get right into this review so the first book I read this month, well in November, it was one of the two books that I read in November was Extraordinary Insects by Anne Sphedropthigason. I'm so sorry, I, it is a very long and complicated name and I cannot fully appreciate it um, and I will not repeat her name in the future because i understand that having someone butcher your name is not humorous nor is it nice so i'm just going to get right into the review so this book is a non-fiction on insects as one could say from the title and it's about how insects are really important in our ecosystem both in the natural ecosystem and in the new ecosystems that we've created through farming and industry. And I think it's a very good book for someone still who hasn't really read any previous literature on insects, um, because it provides very interesting stories and specific stories that are very entertaining to someone who isn't an entomologist, which is, I think, someone who studies insects. And um, it is a very fun book to read. And um, it will teach people who maybe don't necessarily appreciate insects to have a higher appreciation for them and um, what they do in our world although we don't necessarily always see them and truly grasp how much of an impact they make. Um, I think that this book is really good for someone who's new to any information around insects and um, bugs. If you haven't read anything before about them or watched anything on TV, then this is a great book for you. However, for people who have already read things on insects, it might not be the most riveting thing you will read. It is very entertaining and that's why I would recommend it to someone who hasn't read a book like this before um, because it's so fun and enjoyable and sometimes disgusting, but that's expected. However, the one downside to this book was that the stories were very small and not really cohesive and um so you get these very very short stories that make up an entire section and I think that as an overall novel it would have been better to create a narrative with all the stories combined and have a theme for each one rather than having say for example one page per short story about an insect i understand because insects are such a diverse and informative and um broad spectrum of um, organisms it's better to have small stories but it wasn't really useful it wasn't really a good overall effect it felt very over condensed and I didn't feel that I'd gotten a overall message a very overall strong message like other non-fictions that I've read and it felt a bit like an encyclopedia an entertaining version of an encyclopedia but an encyclopedia nonetheless so I think that for people who've never read a book on insects before, I really, really recommend that you read it. But if you have, then it's more f- um, something you would read on the side, nothing to get too invested into. But there are a couple of stories in here that are really moving and well written, and I really appreciate that she was able to write this book as an author rather than a scientist. So I would rate this about 4 out of 5, I think. Yeah, 4 out of 5. Moving on to the next book. Um, the next book that I wrote, read in November was The Sun Does Shine by Anthony Ray Hinton with Laura Love Harden. And this is, I think, an autobiography. Yes, it is an autobiography about... um. Anthony Hinton who spent 30 years on death row for a crime he didn't commit and the story is a look at the psychological and mental journey of Hinton and his story through the years in death row as well as before and after and their effects on him. Overall, this was a really, really good book. Um, It was very human and uh, beautifully written, um, much like um, When Breath Becomes Air. It wasn't overly complicated um, when coming to legal terms because Hinton does try to learn about the legal um side of his case and how he as an individual can use this knowledge to help him fight this death row charge and it just follows the story of him and how he meets people and the legal system that worked against him because he was a black man in America i think the the novel was happened um when he was sentenced It was a more racist time in America. It says here on the publishing that it came out in 2018. But um, according to the way that the story is told, it takes um, a view of where black Americans um, still were still segregated in America, where it describes how Hinton and his friends would have to duck Uh, behind bushes every time a car drove past in fear of being kidnapped and how he had to work in the mines because schools wouldn't accept um, him as a baseball a professional baseball player because of the color of his skin and it just works and shows how um, racism became intertwined in the legal system in America, I don't know how many years ago, um, that sometimes still do play a part in modern America. I think the story was very well written because Hinton is not a vengeful person per se, and the way that he looks at all of the people he meets in his life, along with people in death row, are very objective and kind compared to something that another person might take it teaches the reader about empathy and cruelty and racial injustice in a very calm way it didn't go out to change a person's mind on whether someone is guilty or not but rather how the system is broken and how innocent men are sent to death row based on faulty convictions and evidence. And it was quite interesting on the psychological impact of the relationships between guards and inmates, especially with people where the guards were often responsible for killing the inmates, but then still serving them food the next day. And it's quite Um, an enlightening look at how it is to be on death row and how these experiences damage you forever and what I really appreciated about the book was that it didn't pardon any of the characters whether they were guilty or not it didn't say this person was guilty for sure or that person wasn't guilty for sure some of the people on death row did truly deserve to be there but Hinton didn't want to show that side of it but rather the discussion on whether people have the right to sentence someone to death and whether any human being has the right to to take another person's life if I can say that and I, I will give this book a four out of five because it actually did change my mind on the death penalty. Um, it brings aside to the discussion that people who have never been on death row or had someone who they loved be on death row. have We haven't experienced those things. A normal person wouldn't. But it does open a person's eyes to what it truly is like Even on the prison system around the world and whether it will truly work and how we treat prisoners, is it actually ethically correct? And because of how well the book was written and the fact that it actually made a very compelling argument, not objectively, but very subjectively on death row is why I would give it a 4 out of 5 and anyone who's on the fence about the issue like I was I would recommend this as one of the novels you should read in order to abolish the death penalty if you want to read literature that um is against the death penalty then I would recommend highly recommend this book for that I haven't read any books where the death penalty is encouraged yet but if I do come to a novel like that I will definitely read it as well to get an equal weighting on both sides of the argument. Besides the fact that I think that The Sun Does Shine is a great book the reason I didn't give it 5 out of 5 is because a lot of the descriptions in the book felt like paraphrasing or cliches. It didn't feel new or um how else do I describe it? It didn't feel new or unique in the way that it portrayed um characters and people and scenarios and feelings how authors, often new authors, would try something out, you know, describe it uniquely compared to the cliches and the normal comparisons that we often see in literature. Like, um, I don't know how else to describe it as that, and the reason that I took the Star Wolf is because I felt like I've read these emotions and comparisons and thoughts before it didn't feel it didn't feel like the matter in which um Hinton presented his thoughts were that of an author but that of a human being who um was writing their very first book. I'm not sure if Hinton has authored anything else, any other non-fictions on his life, but the way in which he wrote the book made it seem like he just wanted to tell his life story rather than trying out new descriptions or separating himself from older literature. It could just be that he didn't find that as the main focus of his arguments and his thoughts, which is understandable because it is about death row and it is a non-fiction, so I don't really expect him to be a, I don't know, brilliant literary author with descriptions that make me want to cry, but, um it was a wonderful book despite that fact and that's why i gave it a four out of five and then as we move into december the first book i read this december was the red ribbon by lucy adlington and this novel was a surprise to me um so because it's christmas time all of the bookstores in South Africa have started having sales. So I just decided, you know, to save some money because books, real hardcover books, um, real copies are expensive. And so I just went on a spending spree and got a bunch of books at the bookstore. And I picked up The Red Ribbon by Lucy Adlington because I was like, oh, this looks cool. And I checked on Goodreads and I got a good review and i didn't know that the book was on nazi germany and the concentration camps until i started reading so it was quite a shock to me but the main synopsis is is that there's these well specifically one girl and her story intersecting with three other girls who go to work at um Auschwitz or otherwise known as Birchwood as a seamstress so Ella who is the main character is asked well she more auditions to work as a dressmaker slash seamstress in the workshop at Auschwitz slash Birchwood I'm just gonna call it Birchwood because that's what they called it in the novel and that's why I was so confused because when we learned about Nazi Germany and World War Two, we rever referred to Auschwitz as Auschwitz not Birchwood which is why I was so shocked when I read that it was about Nazi Germany so basically she has to work at this dress shop because um if you work at Birchwood, then you are less likely to be killed um, by the Nazis. And so that's why Ella decided to take a job there. And it follows the stories of Ella and her relationships with all the women and um, a couple of men in the novel at Birchwood. And it speaks about hope, and survival, and how people lived in Birchwood, what the mental and psychological effects of it was, as well as how did people stay hopeful, as well as determined, I could say, because Ella is quite a strong female character, and it was very interesting to see her journey, and how how they described the relationships that they had to make with people, as well as the blatant abuse of their their rights as people. And basically, they didn't have rights. They were treated as not even second-class citizens, but not even human. And... Throughout the novel they make, well, Adlington makes references to how the Nazis took away whether it was political prisoners or Jewish people or people of colour and how they took away their rights. But also it had a very interesting discussion around clothing and specifically because Ella was... um, brought up with knowing how to sew and make clothes and how she says that you cannot say that clothes are not important because in Birchwood they shaved their heads and they were given striped clothes to the women they gave dresses to the men a shirt and pants and she speaks about the fact that you can't say that clothes are not important or not of value in our modern world until you've had them being taken away from you and you want to basically become a number much like the numbers that were tattooed on the people's arms and um i have read other books on nazi germany before i've read the book thief which was a pretty excellent it is actually a brilliant book on World War Two, And then I don't know what the second one, and then I read The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas. And I think that the book maintains a level of, I don't know how to describe it, but cheer and hope and heart in it compared to The Boy in the Striped Pajamas and The Book Thief because it's not a tragedy despite what happens in the book and in the historical context it is one of the greatest tragedies in human history the book maintains a discussion around humanity and what would you do for another person when your own survival is at stake And it discusses maintaining one's humanity and love and friendship in these concentration camps. And I found that it was more a book on people than World War II. It's more about putting these people in the setting and seeing how far can the human spirit take you. And I think that's what sets it apart for me from The Boy in the Striped Pajamas and The Book Thief. But if I'm being like really finicky, I would say that The Red Ribbon is second to The Book Thief. The Book Thief is the best and the only book on World War II that I highly, highly respect. So um yeah, The Book Thief is the best book to read on World War II in terms of fiction, but this book is also really, really good. I would rate it four out of five stars, and if you're looking for something less heartbreaking and tragic, then I would recommend this book. Not to say that the things that happen in here are any less horrible, it is for a more adult audience than a normal book so I wouldn't totally recommend that you read it um if you can't take violence um but it is really good um compared to the book thief and the boy in the striped pajamas I think both the boy in the striped pajamas and the book thief use a technique um almost like use a way of describing things in an indirect way so a younger audience it will go over their heads so i think that this book the red ribbon is more direct um and yeah the reason i took a star off the red ribbon was it didn't have that sparkle of a five out of five book Although the storyline was unique and it kind of came out of nowhere for me for the amount of heart and um, beautiful storytelling and really interesting characters and relationships and it gave me a very nostalgic Mm. feeling that the author was really trying to portray characters. I didn't feel that the book really was good enough to get a 5 out of 5. It was an amazing book to read and I was utterly fascinated throughout but it didn't have the calibre and the shock value if that makes sense. It was very character focused and so I didn't have moments where I would gasp or I would laugh out loud or um really get so engrossed in the story that I kind of forget that I'm supposed to be thinking about this story on two like lanes of thought one as a reader and one as someone who is thinking about the overall story and the bigger picture at the same time and the Red Ribbon didn't have that unfortunately and which is why it took one of the stars off. And my final book for this review is Scythe by Neil Shusterman. Okay, so this book is a young adult sci-fi where there's this overall, I could describe as a AI or um, a cloud system that is all-knowing and has created this utopia in which people never die and they never experience suffering and um, it follows the story of these people called professional scythes and these scythes are responsible for killing people and um, achieving a quota that each of them have to kill people because there still needs to be a set amount of people removed from the world with everyone um, being um, born still, people being born still, but them not dying because disease and um, accidental deaths and murder don't happen anymore. And they live in this perfect world. However, the Thunderhead, this all-knowing AI, cannot get involved in the Scythe's business. And this AI knows what's best for the world, And not having it involved in the sites, the business, people responsible for killing people and choosing people to kill, which is a big deal because it's the only way to die in this utopia, becomes a place of corruption and vengeance and very dirty dealings. And we follow the story of Citra and Rowan, who are scythe's apprentices and their story together through um, becoming a scythe. I have nothing but good things to say about this book which is why it is the second book of the year that I've given five out of five after When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi and because I have nothing good I mean, bad to say about this book, I'm kind of speechless. I just recently finished it. And the thing about this book that was so great was that it followed this lifestyle and this utopia to the T. It gave morally um, questionable arguments, morally questionable topics. It wasn't afraid to ask the questions of, is a life where you never die worth living and how can you another human being kill someone without any subjectivity and it followed the stories of people in this world to such a great and very thoughtful way that i i don't have anything else to add to it and i'm really excited to read the second book in this i think it's a trilogy and i'm so excited to get the second book because i have only good thoughts and anticipation for it not to say that this book even though it makes me incredibly happy to think about didn't give me any sadness it made me laugh it made me tear up it gave me stress um to wait for the ending and I am just so grateful to end this year in such a way with such a great book and if I were you I would go and get this book if I was bored even if you're an adult even if you're a kid it is so interesting to read about and live in this world that Schusterman has created so yeah as we come to the end of my final review for the year and the conclusion to season one of Spill it. I just wanted to talk about a couple of things because I think it's very important to talk about this um, because at the end of the year we have to wrap up and conclude things and so forth and so I just wanted to say that I am still studying. I'm probably going to start studying in university next year so I can't really say how many books I'm gonna be able to read I didn't listen to any audiobooks this year because I mean this for these past two months because I found it really difficult to get into the book that I was trying to read and I kind of got bored of it and I just didn't have a feeling to read I mean I listen to an audiobook so that's why they've kind of been absent um, But you can expect me to read about four books a month. Sorry for this November slash December remix of sorts because I didn't really read anything. Um, But yeah, so you can expect me to be fully prepared and ready for a January review, which will be season two. I think I'm going to separate my se- seasons for this podcast by years because it's just easier that way and I don't, it's so much work to be putting into um, something, especially because reading does take time and for some reason I have a very low attention span. Um, so yeah, and then also I wanted to talk about controversial opinions because we did speak about Death Row in this podcast, and I feel like it's important to address that none of my opinions, you don't have to listen to them. It's just my opinions, and you can have a different opinion than mine, and also a different moral um, and ethical opinion to my own. And so, when I recommend these books and talk about controversial opinions, know that I don't intend to change anyone's mind. I just find it very interesting to talk about these things rather than not. And if you have any of those opinions and you want to disagree with me, then you're fully welcome to comment on this podcast. I think there's a way that you can send me a voice note, but don't be too upset if I have such a different opinion from yours. I mean, as I said before, we're all different. Well, I haven't said this before, but we're all different and... You cannot expect every single person, even those even those closest to you, to agree with you all the time. And I don't expect you or I to agree with one another. And so I just wanted to clear that up, as well as the fact that I will be reading much more controversial books through the year because that's what this book podcast is all about. Trying out new things, exploring ideas, exploring genres. Of course, I will not be going into horror because I have too much of an imagination for that and I'd prefer to sleep a full eight hours every night. And so that being said, a little bit of a very serious ending to spill it. I just want to wish you all a great 2021 and stay safe. And if you want to hear more from me, there's going to be a special podcast released on New Year's Eve, and that would be my bonus episode for season one. Stay safe, guys, and have a good reading holiday. Well, if you live in South Africa, that is. Yay!